Hello and welcome to the AA Ireland podcast, season two, episode eight. And this week we are talking all things Polestar. Blake Boland has been driving the Polestar 2 for an extended length of time, over three weeks now. And we will also be discussing Polestar with the man himself, Kieran Campbell, who is the country lead for Polestar in Ireland as well. So uh, with that, we will talk to our sponsor. Are you thinking of renewing or shopping around for car insurance to get the best deal? Well, the AA is one of Ireland's top insurance intermediaries and we've been providing car insurance for nearly 40 years. The AA has teamed up with the top insurers to compare quotes so you get the best level of cover to suit your needs at the right price. We also do price checks so you don't have to. To find out more, go to the AA.ie. AA Ireland is limited. AA Ireland limited trading as AA insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. So Blake, it's uh, all things Polestar this week. We'll be chatting to Kieran Campbell shortly. We did an interview, a sit down in the Polestar space, a very nice space. I must add lots of uh, good coffee, great AR and uh, it's a place that's been made out of container, shipment containers, if I'm not mistaken. Recycled shipping containers um, built over in Sweden, uh, shipped over you know, as almost finished units. So as they just is. took the wrapping off, uh, put them together, a few bolts, a few nuts, you know, <laughs> connect up the pipes and the electricity wires and away, away you go. Bob's your Polestar. Brilliant. So, look, we're going to give Polestar this show. We may as well because we've done quite a lot with them recently. I was overseeing the Polestar 3 a few weeks ago. The You have spent about three, four weeks in the Polestar 2. Now, that's for a project that we have coming up. But... What's it like living with a car for that length of time as opposed to just the standard weekly test drive? Yeah, it makes, it makes a real difference, Paddy. We've been on you know, plenty of these little press drives where you might get 30 minutes in a car, um, a few photographs and you're gone and you get to see what it looks like. But you know, ideally you get the week in the car, which is what we normally do. But this one I had for a month, essentially. And it, living with a car is different from okay. having it on test for 30 minutes anyway, which, um, but even compared to a week. Like we all, we kind of know at this stage what to look out for and straight away you got your stats, you've done your research in advance of getting the car so you know how to work it roughly. But when you live with it, uh, like one thing that really stood out to me was just the, the Google Assistant in the car. And the more I used it, uh, the more I learned how capable it was, so the more I used it again. And after that, I wasn't even plugging in phones or anything. It was just get into the car, press the button, turn on my heated seat, press the button, turn down the volume. You know, just I was getting lazy. All I was doing was moving my thumb on the steering wheel and doing everything with it, you know. So do you think it's a car that you could live with for, on a longer term basis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it, Easy answer. Yeah, stunning machine. No, I had the dual motor, the long range dual motor. So give or take 15,000 euros more than your entry level, your base Polestar 2. So just recap, sorry, Blake, the difference between the dual and the single for people who are kind of not sure which one to get or, or you know, what's the, what's the difference? Yeah, well, you've got, there's two different battery sizes and there's also two options in terms of motors. So there's the, the standard range battery there's also a long range battery the long range is the one i had you can get it as a single motor or you can get it as a dual motor so one motor in the front for the front wheels and another motor completely separate in the back for the back wheels so i had the long range bigger battery dual motor two motors 400 horsepower so it's essentially it's almost twice the power it is twice the torque i think and in terms of estimated range, real world range, what what are we looking at? Yeah, well, do you know a good way of putting this is because at the moment, Paddy, if we look out the window here, it's uh, it's zero degrees, you know. And and I saw it, I went out in the car a few days ago and it was minus four. So in terms of range, the worst time of the year to be driving a car. And I was still clocking, you know, three hundred and fifty out of it thereabouts. 
So I think in summer, if I was careful, that's a 450 kilometer car. But even worst case, winter barreling down the motorway, you're still getting 300 out. 300 for me is my sweet spot in an EV. If I can get 300 habitually from an EV, I'm totally happy because I never necessarily want to drive much further than that without a decent stop. So where do you think the brand is going? Do you think good things? Yeah, it's looking good. I, I like the way they've set up. It's not the traditional model. Um, now, I'm not saying that's the best way because other people are going to prefer the traditional dealership where you walk in, you haggle for price. You don't do that in the Polestar space. So they, what, what they do is they provide staff inside who are really advisors. So when you walk in, they've got fancy iPads and touch screens and they'll take you around the car. They'll help you build a car there. But if you like it or you don't like it, it doesn't really matter to the guy who's inside the Polestar space. He's only told you about the cars. And if you do like it, you scan a QR code, take it home and buy it online yourself. It is an interesting way to buy a car and, and Kieran Campbell, who we're going to hear from now, talks about that in, in detail. Now, Kieran is is the market lead, which is he's essentially the boss in Ireland. And he is um, a fund of information on the brand, tells us a little bit about what's coming up in the future and also what sort of people are buying uh, the, this car, the Polestar 2, which is their existing model and what we can expect coming up in the future. So look, let's listen to that now. You'll hear me in the Polestar space and it's Kieran Campbell. So you join us in Polestar Dublin where I'm looking at a very beautiful Polestar 2 sitting there waiting to be collected and we're joined by Polestar's market lead for Ireland, Kieran Campbell, who's an old colleague of mine. So nice to see you again, Kieran. Thank you, Eddie. Good to see you again. So look, tell us about this Polestar story so far because they're still people who you know maybe haven't heard of Polestar who you know it is a new brand you are developing this new brand in Ireland so give us what your interpretation is if you're at a dinner party and someone says to you you know what's Polestar about what is it yeah it's a good question I mean it's it's the challenge we face um, in Ireland I mean um, we're a direct-to-consumer brand people will be familiar with buying online for which obviously developed massively over COVID and before that but for a car company to be only direct to consumer, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, as a brand, I mean, we were the performance arm of, of Volvo, uh, going back many years in 20. So like the M division pretty much, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like M, M division BMW, AMG division Mercedes. And then in 2017, we were formed as a standalone company. We're owned by Volvo and Geely, or Volvo's parent company. Uh, but we listed on NASDAQ in June 22. So we are a standalone company, standalone entity. In Ireland, we're operational. I was employee number one on the 4th of January this year. The team has now grown to eight people. So we were launched with Polestar One. It's not a product we had for sale in Ireland. It's left-hand drive, which isn't conducive to Irish roads. And that was our bringing the brand to life globally. Um, we currently sell Polestar Two which is a fastback sedan to describe it to most people. We are a pure electric van, a pure electric brand and EV brand only. So Polestar 2 is available right now in three variants. We have a standard range single motor, we have a long range single motor, and then we have a long range dual motor. So as a brand, we are in our infancy. Ireland was the 22nd market we launched in globally. We're currently live in 27 markets globally, and that's where we will sit now for the next 12 months. Now the plan is to consolidate all the markets that are live and, and develop what we have in them. Some brands, especially when they're starting off, don't like necessarily the association with 
uh, another brand, you know, Lexus, like to distance themselves from Toyota. Do you have that same mindset with Volvo and Polestar? I know they're very separate, but are you still quite proud of the Volvo heritage? Yeah, I think it's very important for us. I mean, we, we have the advantage that we have that R&D background behind us and we have the, let's face it, we have the plants around the world to be able to build the cars. I mean, it's great to become, there's so many EV startups, which is great to see. But how do you bring that to market? I mean, we have the economies of scale, we have Volvo behind us and we have a GD behind Volvo. The question I get asked a lot is, how does it work from an after sales perspective? Because yes, cars do need to do great attention. And that's where we have support of the Volvo after sales network. But I am very clear that we, as a sales entity, we are completely separate. So essentially, we compete. But it's also nice to have the you know the safety heritage behind you as well because you know so many people who get into you know they've bought Volvos because of their amazing safety. So to have that going into Polestar as a new brand in inverted commas must be a reassurance for customers. Yeah, it is. I mean, the people they put us in the same basket anyway. But to have all that heritage and you're right behind us. I mean, that's where Volvo started. I mean, we're the performance brand you could say of the Volvo Group we're now called Polestar Company separately as we said so to have that history and heritage and legacy behind us is very important I mean lots of people they confuse us an awful lot at the start but then my job and the team's job here is to differentiate that and make clear and Polestar has a lovely duality to it for me anyway as a, as a a commentator if you like it it's it's both eco-minded and it's also a little bit mischievous would that be fair yeah, you're right. I mean, we're, we're really lucky. We have um, we have MZ and Thomas Ingelath, who's a head of design, and then we have a head of design, Maximilian Missoni as well. So the, what we want to do and what Thomas wants to achieve is really clear. We're a performance car brand, but we're a performance car EV brand. So we have that focus and that direction and that design behind why the car is going to be very, very, very good to drive. So as you said, you were employee number one in Ireland. What are the challenges in launching a new brand it, it, both in Ireland and internationally what what was the you know what was the plan what was the uh, direction given to launch a new brand it's a good question and we could spend a long time on that i mean the direction was we we come to market and from that point on there really wasn't a set of rules or a guidebook or a blueprint how to do it i mean a huge amount of my time at the start was connecting all the dots. And when I say connecting all the dots, it was speaking to revenue and it was everything that involved with that, trying to explain to them what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Also, we have a single retail investor partner in Ireland, which is a Spirit Motor Group. So it was it was onboarding them. And, and for them, I suppose it's a, it's a bit of a departure as well. Going back to the very first day I started, there's huge support from both my colleagues in the UK because we are a satellite market of the UK and then all my colleagues over in the team in Gothenburg who had rolled out 21 markets prior to Ireland starting. But every market is different. I mean, yes, most of the markets are in Europe, but the same rules of business don't necessarily apply in Germany as they do in Italy, now we're live as they do in Ireland. So. But as we both know, there's plenty of nuances to the Irish market. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, it, it took me five months and four days to register the first car, but I wasn't counting. Um, <laughs> as an example because you're getting that what's this Polestar stuff about we don't have that on our drop down menu no and there was a huge amount of that I mean there was there was one form filling in um, and I had to take uh, a box but I had to take two boxes which caused a whole different chain of events to go off so it was it was very much stepping into the unknown 
Um, but when we got there and to have more people and more support now, we're, we're much more comfortable where we are as a team and where we're going. There are some subtle differences to how the brand is marketed, how the brand is sold, what the customer experience is like. Talk us through some of those. Yeah, I mean, we're a, we're a marketing and brand-led company, which is quite unusual. Um, again, it's, it's how we differentiate ourselves in the market. But the customer journey, it really begins, and this hasn't changed. I mean, people buy motor cars from a test drive, but our challenge is we, we don't have the 15, 20 open points around the country. So what we do is, and we've done this year, we do experiential test drive events um, nationally. We did four brand events nationwide to get their brand launched. And as we move into 23, we have between 10 and 12 events planned. And ultimately, it's the test drive experience. We, we give a mini handover, essentially at the start when the customer books in. They're given the car for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. It's, it's unaccompanied, so they get to experience the car themselves. And the important thing is, there is no hard sell. Any people who, the staff who operate um, in Post or Dublin, they're non-commissioned. They're there to guide and inform and to listen to what you want. And when the customer brings the car back, they perform another kind of mini handover, if that makes sense. And then the customer is guided to the pre-configured cars or built to order. But the important is the customer makes the decision. There isn't any specific focus on X amount of cars have to go to the month. It's, it's to bring the customer to understand what we do and how we do it and make sure the customer is comfortable in understanding Polestar because there is a big leap for these customers. We have no customers to start from. Every customer we sell to is a Conquest customer from somewhere else. So it is a big leap. Um, we're going on a journey together. Um, Polestar 2 is where it's all going to start. Polestar 3 is currently live for orders as well. That's our first um, fully electric SUV. That car would be here in Q424. Again, it's a different departure for us. We're currently selling one model. And shortly after Polestar 3, Paddy, we're also going to have Polestar 4, which is a, a medium-sized SUV. To give you kind of an example, more Volvo XC90 Porsche Macan size. Can you explain if there is a logic to the numbering system for Polestar models? Polestar 1 is where the journey begins, and the journey will follow after that. So sequential as such? Sequential. So we're currently up as far as Polestar 6. So Polestar 5 is our first engineered car from the ground up. It's designed and built in the UK. Sorry, designed in the UK, should I say. And then Polestar 6 is our two-door Roadster, which was released earlier on this year in the 500 limited editions um, LA concept model. So we're currently at number six and the numbers will continue after that. So, I mean, as much as you can reveal now, is the two likely to be the entry point to the range and other subsequent models will be you know, larger, more expensive than that, or does, it doesn't necessarily follow that procedure? No, it doesn't necessarily follow that procedure. I mean, two is, is our entry car at present, and um, two will, will be replaced um, by another two. And um, will be replaced by another two. Uh, will be called number two next. Two, two point know, two. Exactly, it will be called seven or eight. That, I, I don't yeah, know course, your but, but that's where we will start. And that's where we started and that's where the brand will, will refresh and we will continue from there. I know it's very difficult to answer the question, and, but marketeers always have at some stage a vision board of 
a customer in mind uh, without pigeonholing who your Polestar customer is, because I'm sure the answer is everybody and anyone. But who can you give us an indication of who's coming in, who's interested and, and where they're coming from? Because the car itself is really, really beautiful. It's technologically a very clever piece of, of design as well because it's very powerful and very uh, clean. Lots of uh, good range on it as well. So where are those people coming from and where are they, what are they being drawn to in your view? Yeah, well, year to date, we've completed just over a thousand test drives and the customers who bought the cars, um, not just the customers who test drive the cars, the age profile has ranged from late 20s up until early 80s um, but a huge amount of people are coming in from the perspective of obviously we're fully EV um, we have a lot of customers who come in from the sustainability point of view which is a huge huge um, item for us the the, the trade-ins and the buy-ins as we refer to internally as there's been a mix I mean there's there's people coming out of big SUVs and there's people who've been um, I suppose you could say upgrading from smaller city cars but I mean, the spread of customers has been really, really interesting. It is kind of more male than female, which is something that we need to work on. I think that's maybe led to that the car is quite mostly looking. Um, but I'd say it's probably about 80% male um, buyers are present. But I mean, the, the, the interesting, I suppose, piece of is that there's been a huge interest in the cars from an awful lot of people. I mean, the length of the country, we've had customers who've traveled from North Donegal, to test drive the car in Dublin because they've been going the holidays in Cork. Our, our, our pump out figures have been um, really interesting so far. Like Dublin is where we are, where we're based, where the majority of people are, of course. But the cars have been really well received everywhere in the south of the country in particular. Um, we have a big job to do to, to get more people aware and more people notice. But um, yeah, the customer profile has been, has been really interesting so far. And talk us through then the procedure in buying a Polestar. So, you know, traditionally you would have walked into a dealership, had a bit of a kick around, had an awkward conversation with a sales guy. Everyone's on tender hooks a little bit, and then eventually a deal is done. How? What's the aim to try and be different, and how is the reality shaping up for your customers? Yeah, and we don't do that. As I said, I mean, everybody's non-commissioned. I mean, people do the most of their research anyway online, which is not just for cars; it's for everything. Um, and they come in to, as we see, to validate. Their, their decision. I mean, the average person that visits 2.1 showrooms, for us it might be a little bit more because most people who have come in, who have a car to trade in, they're in a car from a different brand. So for us, are they coming in out of curiosity or is it they want to test drive to buy? But when they come in, you can book your test drive 24 hours or access online for the test drive hub, which is based in Sandyford. You just book your slot. It's available Monday to Saturday. We'll shortly be looking at, at your location where if you can't come in, we'll bring the car to you. It's within a 30 minute radius from the office. But the journey is you test drive the car, your details are captured by the Polestar specialist. Again, there's no selling done. You give your details, you get a digital follow-up with a tool called Visitor Moment. After the test drive, the customer can in Polestar Dublin, they can configure a car. The Polestar specialist cannot sell them a car. All happens is a QR code pops up on the screen at which point you activate it, you can do it then and there. The QR code can be for a pre-configured car, which is cars we have coming through already, or it can be for a built-to-order car, which is a car that we don't have. Then you leave a thousand euro deposit, you can do, go down the full finance journey through Polestar Financial Services, or you can pay cash. 
and, and do, does the finance include PCP, which obviously people talk about a lot? Yeah, um, Finance Ireland, our um, finance service partner in Ireland, um, operating as both financial services. So you can get um, HP, you can get PCP, you can get contract hire. So all the products that we would be that are available in the market, they can provide. Um, a quote is given to a customer if they want before they leave, but there isn't a business manager, as you and I would be used to in the past, standing over them, want to take all the details off them. There, there is a follow-up call arranged, but again, it's let the customer inform, and then we have a process to follow up with the customers in our live um, journey. So I've come into the showroom and I've done the deal, but I have a 2012 Volkswagen Golf. What happens to the Golf? We have an option um, within Spirit, who are the retail investors I mentioned, they have a buying facility. So you can enter your details with them online and they'll appraise your car. Or if you schedule an advance when you're coming in to test drive, uh, they can meet you. It's handled completely separate to Polestar. We don't, we're not involved in any of that conversation. The price you see for your Polestar 2 is the price you pay for Polestar 2, but you, you're not obliged to have your car bought in by Spirit, but they just provide that service as well. And how do you think that new experience is being received by the customers? Are you getting feedback from people saying, oh, you know, I, I much prefer this because it's less pushy, for example? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people kind of come in, I think, with the expectation of how it's going to be from what they're used to. So what we try to do is we try to slow down and we just explain how the full um, process will work because it is a bit different. And look, as we all know, buying a car is your second biggest purchase to a house. So the customer needs the reassurance. I mean, we have the reassurance of the team on the ground at Polestar Dublin. I mean, Polestar Ireland, we are all in the background. We have the support of our customer contact care team in the UK. So as much time as the customer is needed and given um, is available to them whatever questions they have for us, we listen and we respond. I can't get over how comfortable this Polestar space is. It's it's a really cosy, comforting space because it's a very cold day we're having today. I've had a lovely coffee. The seats are very nice. I was shown the uh, AR, the, or, you know, the augmented reality of the Polestar 3 instead of where the Polestar 2 was. So it's a really nice space. Tell us a little bit about the space itself because I think they're made from shipping containers. Yeah, so again, with sustainability is key. So they're repurposed shipping containers and they're essentially two or four shipping containers double stacked. We have a lovely glass wall behind and then we have a single car in the middle. Around that you have your atelier table where you can see all the exterior colors, all the interior colors. You can see, you can configure your car and then we have two small consultation rooms. But the point of the facility is it's calm and it's serene. And I think you alluded earlier on, there isn't a sales executive hovering the background with an order form to run around to to make you buy a car that's not what's about i mean we customers come in and they can have a cup of coffee if they want to spend 45 minutes talking to the specialist about the battery technology or the tires it's up to them and that's where we just sit and we just listen so i've bought the car i've presumably had a very good handover and i'm on my way what happens then when i need to service the car so the service intervals are two years or every three thousand kilometers but the most importantly, we have, um, I mentioned earlier on, we use, this is where the, the big brother, if we want to refer to Volvo, as that comes into play. So we have, um, we currently have four Volvo after points um, signed up that will grow to more as we as we progress. Most of the work, any warranty work that would need to be done, happens in the local Volvo partnership, assuming they're signed up to us. Otherwise, you get your over there updates, OTA, as we refer to internally, 
So every 12 to 14 weeks, there will be a new software version of your car. It happens over 90 minutes, you get notification on your screen. So right now, if you're taking the car in January, it's a 231 car. Most people keep their cars for 24 months, 36 months. So yes, the number plate in the car won't change, but the car you give back, are you trading, are you sell on, will have the most up-to-date software at that time as well. So the car always refreshes itself every 12 to 14 weeks. There might be people who aren't familiar with over-the-air updates and just the, the capacity of what they always can do and what they will do in the future. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so the way I explain to people is in similar terms, like your mobile phone. Um, most people are on Apple or Android, you get, if you're on Apple, you get your iOS update. It's currently probably at 15.1 or 15.2. And it says, prompt your phone, plug in, connect to Wi-Fi, and your phone updates. So when you come up in the morning, or you wake up, sorry, your phone is the new, shiniest version. And same thing with our car. There's constant tweaks. I mean, we launched Apple CarPlay from software 2.1 to 2.2. So the car is always getting better, more advanced, and it's keeping up with the technology that we're constantly developing in the background all the time. And obviously for, for people who are, you know, a little bit concerned about whether they have the latest offering, they don't need to worry about it. It just happens on its, by itself, right? It does. I mean, it, it, when you get your car, your PDI, PDS, what we do internally, where the car is handover, there's a little button on the dash within the settings that just says, over there updates, turned on automatically. You get the notification on the screen. You can drive the car for the 90 minutes, but most people's cars are parked up in the evening. At best times, you press the button on the car updates and you come back to it and it's done. From a wider point of view, how have you noticed the change in people's understanding of electric vehicles? Do you think that there's more work to be done, both from OEMs like ourselves, like yourselves, to you know to explain these things, or do you think that we're now at a fairly decent level of understanding? Yeah, I think in Ireland we're, we're adapting an awful lot quicker. I mean, this year EV total share will be at 15.1%. In 2021 it was 8.7%. So I think we're getting there quicker. But look, there is a huge resistance to it. And I understand some people are skeptical of it because what we always get is, well, what happens if I want to drive to Kerry in the morning? How many times do you drive to Kerry? Exactly. <laughs> and, and even if you want to drive to Kerry, you can stop on the way. But again, back to the mobile phone analogy. What do we do with our phones most nights? We plug them in, but you don't need to charge your car every night. I mean, we use Google Automotive. If you want to drive to Killarney, that's fine. You sit in your car, you say, hey Google, you say Killarney. It tells you the route you want to go, and it also tells you where the charge points will be because it knows what your battery is now, and knows what your battery will be when you get there. So yes, you can do it. It is a question that we deal with, but I think you're right from an OEM perspective, there is a lot more education needed, but it's difficult because if it comes from an OEM-led perspective, well then we can be said, well, you guys have got the vested interest in this, therefore that's why you're pushing this. So I think people are adapting a lot quicker. Ireland is geographically a good size. We're not too long, we're not too wide. I think public infrastructure does need to improve. It is improving, um, but thankfully everyone now can get the 600 euro grant for your home charger. And not everybody can get a home charger because of where they live. But I mean, that's adapting now with terrace houses and with the apartment blocks. So it is about just thinking ahead. And if you do need to go to Kerry randomly in the morning, just plug your car in the night before. Do you think that we're still at the point though, where say the, the Polestar customer now and even other brands who are buying, you know, brand customers who are buying EVs, are they still a little bit of the early adopters? Are we not quite at the stage where it's very, very mainstream? 
No, we're not in the mainstream yet. I mean, if we take Norway, which has been is way ahead in EV, I mean, the EV share in Norway is 86%. So, so Norway is an EV market. It's not an emerging market, whereas we're at 15.1%. I mean, we obviously have Zevi now formed, and their task is to get more EVs on the road. But we're, we're getting there. I think the plan by 2024, 25 is 45%. So yeah, it's going to take time, but I think IT people are adapting an awful lot quicker. But the first customers that we've had in Polestar, they are early adopters for us. And most people haven't been coming out of EVs, and they've been coming straight from a nice car into a Polestar, which is interesting to see as well. So Karen, tell us a bit about yourself, about your history in the in the auto industry and where you've come from. You and I, Disclosure, have worked together for many years in Volkswagen Group, but tell us where you started. I started in the automotive industry in Paddy Ireland back in, in 2007. I worked for Gowans in the, one of their retail outlets in their former Parkgate Street site. I was a business manager, so I was the guy selling finance. <laughs> I, I then moved with Gowans um, up to the Navan Road um, when we were there for a period of time. Then the world fell apart, the, the global economy. I transferred with Gowans over to um, their branch in Glenagiri. Um, after that, I left Automotive Space for just 12 months, and then I joined Mazda Motor Ireland um, directly. The lure was too good. It was, it was, it was, yeah. I saw a role come up, and I joined back there, so I worked in product marketing for two years. Then I moved to an area sales role for another couple of years, so I managed dealerships all across the country. Again, it was all from the, the OEM side, so it was dealing the, the conduit between the, the network, shall we say, and, and head office. And you would have worked with Richard Molloy back yeah. then in Mazda, and you worked with him in Volkswagen Group, and now he's he's back as a colleague again in Polestar, uh, head of sales for Europe. He, he is, yeah. Richard is head of sales for Polestar Europe, so um, it's, a, it's a very small space. It is. We we do tend to come across each other from time to time in this in this Irish motor industry. We do, and then indeed, um, up until joining Polestars with Volkswagen Group Ireland, passenger cars as an area sales manager for five years as well. So, yeah, I I'm I'm, I'm not as old as I look, or younger than I look, whatever you want to phrase it. But um, look, it's been a it's been a really interesting um, development um, automotive space for me. I mean, it's it's I've always loved it. It's. Polestar is, is, is challenging, to be honest. There's a huge amount to do when, when you don't have, I suppose, a huge team of people around you. You, you can't look over your shoulder because it just has to get done. But it, it's really exciting. I and mean, I think I came into this job kind of aware or conscious of the experience I have. But I mean, this is a huge eye opener as well. But it's, it's really amazing to be in on the ground level and to see and shape and develop what is a, a really, really good brand. I'm lucky to have a really, really good team. I was going to ask you about the team. Do you know that you have assembled quite a, a who's who of some really strong people in, uh, in, in the team? Yeah, with some really, really good colleagues. Um, Amri Hopkins is our marketing manager. Amri was employee number two. Um, Stephen Butterley is pricing product and fleet manager. Stephen was employee number three. Um, they're both former colleagues of both of us as well. Yeah. Um, Alex Kinsella joined us in September. Alex, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. yeah, in Volvo. Um, Alex was after the kind of the, the retail side of the business, shall we say. And then we've had Lauren Byrne join us. Lauren um, also used to work with us in the past as well. She works with Stephen. We've Anthony Murphy who joined us recently as marketing executive. And we have Tom Donnellan who works for Alex. So we, we have seven bodies now and by the end of this year we will have eight. So it's everybody is really, really engaged and they're just super to see the energy from them all the time. I mean, they know it's a big, big job, but they're really, really, really enjoying it. So look, if people want to 
come and experience Polestar, if they want to get in touch, if they want to test drive, what do they do? Yeah, I mean, the first thing to do is just type Polestar into Google or any search engine you use. I mean, we're based in Stanleyford uh, in the industrial estate. So we're open Monday to Saturday. And Saturday is from 10 to 4, the rest of the day is at 9 to 6. You can book your test drive online. And I really encourage as many people as possible to come in and drive the car because it is a unique experience. I mean, there is, when you jump into the dual motor in particular, um, it's a big it's a big moment um, it's, a, it's a big change for people and there is no hard sell there's no you know the coffee is good and uh, you, you won't be sort of uh, rushed out the door no no I mean look we, we have people who we just literally walk in off the street I think you mentioned yourself um, with the AR we had a guy who come in so you can have a look at this and he pays the deposit for Polestar 3 um, so look it's working for us yes it, we know it's a big project we know it's not going to happen overnight but I mean with the progress we've made year to date and the plans we have going from 23 into 24 into 25 and beyond with the product portfolio that we know we have coming and um, we know there's, there's huge scope and there's huge potential and as I said Ireland is growing and developing as an EV market so it's it's the right time for us to be here and crucially something you said earlier on as well people are assuming that there's no cars available anywhere so you do have pre-configured cars there is car there are cars available for delivery in January right yeah exactly I mean we, we know exactly how many cars we have available coming through up until the end of quarter one but I suppose the challenge is we just need to tell more people about that. But but we're seeing now with the with the interest in the pre-bookings for test drives and the conversions we're having into orders. And again, it's just to get the message out there. And next year is going to be a big, big year for us with our experiential events around the country. Well, thank you very much, Kieran. It's been great to be here. Um, I'm probably going to take another cup of coffee off you because it's very good. But um, but look, it's best of luck. We are delighted to see a new brand, and it's uh, it's been great to see the progress of you know of plenty of my ex colleagues as well. So best of luck in the future. Thanks, Paddy. Great to have you here today. Well, very interesting conversation. Um, you guys had a good old chat about all things Polestar there. What stood out for you now that you were you were there at the time, obviously, and you listened back to it now? What What's your, your takeaway from that? I think what was interesting was that this is a new way to buy a car, to purchase a car. It's very, very easy going. There's no push. There's no feeling of being under pressure when you're in there. And I think that's probably quite unique for... Um, for buyers in Ireland because we are used to a more pushy approach but uh, look I think there's interesting things you know we, what we didn't talk about I suppose are the fact that it's it's a Chinese brand essentially it's a, a Chinese car in, in lots of ways you know it is a, an offshoot of Volvo it's their sort of posh cousin but you know obviously it is a Chinese brand there's no nothing bad in that because we the stuff we're seeing from other brands is so good but um, you know, interesting stuff. And but what's crucial as well is that they have supply. You can get one. They do, and that's coming back to batteries. And we've mentioned this before on on this podcast that uh, it's the not the elephant in the room, but people don't really talk about it. Is that companies cannot get their hands on the batteries, and that's why we're seeing such long lead times. But Chinese battery manufacturers are not a step ahead. They are a marathon ahead mm-hmm. of European and American manufacturers, really. And Geely, you know, being the owner of the the Polestar brand. They've got access to batteries like like no other European companies at the moment, really, you know, and you can see that as a difference in the supply and they can do what they want with it because they've got the batteries there to stuff in the cars. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely an advantage and, you know, supply is, is no major issue for them now. They they have cars on the ground and 
oh it's a nice car you know it's certainly I've made no secret I quite like one so it is um, it, it's certainly one for the future but I think I think there is there are good things coming it is you know it's a lot of money for the Polestar 3 but they seem to be getting deposits and some of the subsequent ones there's you know obviously a smaller SUV will be another another one that will sell very well for them I think too yeah it is a lot of money I mean it's it's pretty much 100,000 euros for mm-hmm. a Polestar 3 for a decent spec one anyway but you know you go through the statistics in Ireland and you know we say oh that's not accessible to the average person but then again new cars aren't accessible to the average person in you know in most cases and, and still being sold yeah and you look at the statistics out there there's people buying Range Rovers and Porsche Cayennes um so you know these kind of Range Rovers well th- there you go and you know they're not buying a Range Rover for 24,000 euros <laughs> you know no, not at all. <laughs> so there's, there's people out there with that kind of money and this is is going to be right up their street so if you do need some winter driving tips and it is still very cold out we've both been busy on media talking about winter we did record a podcast last week so just look back through the archives where we do give some hints and tips and you'll find some hints and tips across all our social medias all of our blogs etc Blake you're also driving the ID Buzz this week yeah picked it up a couple of days ago very much looking forward to spending a bit more time with that so I've done about 100 kilometres so far I've done some cold weather ice icy road testing on it by accident um, actually, I actually couldn't get it into my, my driveway this morning when I got home from the, the school run the conditions were so bad um, just outside my house but uh, yeah it's, it's an astonishing machine I think I need to live with it a little bit more we, we were talking about this this morning Paddy it's I mean it People are going mad for it. Really, they just I like me as well. I love the look of it. It's just crazy. Yeah, I feel like so you're in a different driving a car. You know how long is that going to last? And I think I now that I'm spend a bit of time with it and just see how does it fit in with with my lifestyle and my life. And do I still like it as much after driving it for a few hundred kilometers? Yeah, we'll have to rest those keys off you later in the week. I yeah, think you're so. not getting them. Don't don't <laughs> don't pull rank on this one. <laughs> okay, well look, we will be back next week where we will be talking all things car insurance with the managing director of AA Car Insurance, Don Brennan. Catch us on all of the socials. And until next time, thank you very much for listening in. Take care, goodbye.